Hello and welcome. I'm Lori Hardy, and thanks for listening in as we continue to talk with leaders in our community. Joining me today is Heather Lee, who is an animal advocate and hosts a weekly feature on our sister station called Wet Nose Wednesday. February is National Spay and Neuter Awareness Month. The purpose is to raise awareness before everyone gets Twitter-pated in the spring. Heather not only is an expert on taking care of pets, adopting them, but she knows a lot of facts about shelters and pet health. Welcome, Heather. Hi. So glad to have you. I love talking with you about animals. I could talk about dogs all day long. And you have a cat, too. (laughs) (laughs) I do. I'm about... um 33% cat, 66% dog in the house. And your animals are all adopted, correct? They are. um, I tend to end up with animals that need me, not necessarily the animals that that I'm initially attracted to. I like to say I am a big dog person who happens to have small dogs right now. (laughs) (laughs) One of the things I love is, for instance, you meet the airplanes when rescues fly in. And you had that great trip last year. Can you tell us about going to pick up a dog? Yes. Uh, so I have volunteered in all aspects of of rescue, and I've really grown to love transport. We're very lucky here in the Pacific Northwest to have a healthy rescue system uh, compared to some other places in the U.S. Uh, so we have the opportunity to bring in animals from some of these other shelters, classically here in the Puget Sound area, our shelters are 95 to 97% live release rate, um, which is classified as no kill under the definitions. Um, as long as you are a high percentage of live release rates, because euthanasia is something that happens because of extreme uh, disease or discomfort or in situations where an animal cannot be released back into the community for a safety issue. So classically, it's never going to be 100 percent. And we are right up there um, in a place where we can help a lot of animals from other areas where those statistics oftentimes are reversed. So they might only have a 5 percent live release rate. They are trying to euthanize their way out of this overpopulation system. So it's such a joy to talk about spay and neuter today because, yeah, we've realized in the rescue community that we need to basically fix the problem, fix the problem (laughs) uh, before it even starts. I have a friend who loves beagles. Mm -hmm. And so they had their first one. It passed away. They adopted two elderly beagles. Somebody had passed away. Uh, they started to fail one pass, so they adopted two more. Yes. And and then they ended up with three, and they liked that. So when the third one passed, old age, they just oh, two weeks ago rescued three, and they actually came from Korea. It was through a rescue here in Seattle. Yeah. And I think that the value of getting dogs through a rescue is that I think when people haven't had dogs they don't really understand the purpose of spay and neuter they don't that's just not something that they're really thinking about a lot of us grew up with pets but we didn't have to make those those decisions for our pets because they were always the family pets or maybe someone passed away and then you received a pet and and again you didn't have to make those decisions but there are so many benefits to spaying and neutering your animals beyond population control when you spay a female it's going to prevent all sorts of uterine infections and uh, those breast tumors because you know when when you remove those organs a lot of that risk diminishes. And just to throw out a couple of numbers, and these are from the ASPCA website, uh, 50% of those types of tumors 
are going to be cancerous in dogs and 90% are cancerous in cats. So when you remove the risk, you remove a lot of risk for cancer, which is a very scary thing for humans and animals. And, and with the males, with the neutering, obviously you're going to immediately eliminate the testicular cancer risks in a dog. Just from a health standpoint, beyond the population control issue, it's a really beautiful thing to do. Another big benefit, a lot of people say, well, you know, I keep my dog in the yard. My dog doesn't go outside. You know, you can't control what your neighbors are doing, what's happening over there, who's going to jump over the fence. You can control what's going on in, on your side of the fence. <laughs> so, so again, a lot of those unintended pregnancies. Um, and, and just to throw out some numbers, these are numbers that you can find anywhere online. Uh, more than 2 million adoptable animals are euthanized every year here in the U.S. And that's adoptable. Mm, that wow. number is the adoptable ones. So I think that that's a really jarring number to recognize. You're referencing your friends with the Beagle Rescue. A lot of people don't realize that you can adopt any age, you can adopt any breed because there are a lot of specific rescues out there. Right. Um, so it's not one of those situations where you say, oh, I want a small purebred dog and they only have big black bully mixes at the shelter. <laughs> no, that's not true at all. Exactly. Yeah. And and one of the beautiful things about rescue and breed rescue and transport is that we're living in a time with the Internet the way it is where knowledge exchanges quickly and we're able to bring you those dogs that are right for you. Uh, the rescue community is really passionate about making those matches that are going to be forever. Well, I honestly believe, I mean, I have two dogs right now, and oftentimes we watch a friend's dog, and they play better when there's three of them together. And if they're home alone, most people work. Mm -hmm. Most of us don't have the advantage to be home all day, so they have companions. Yes. I, I heard a statistic, and I, I can't tell you where I heard it because I didn't read it recently, but uh, it was something like if we wanted to clear the shelters right now, um, every adult human would have to adopt seven animals today. Really? Um, so, I mean, when you, when you talk about one or two or three, mm -hmm. um, yeah, those numbers are great. Um, but the reason why we need to spay and neuter is because we literally could not adopt out all the animals that are available today. So what would you say to somebody who's kind of got the attitude of, well, I just... I don't want to do that. I want to have the freedom to maybe think about having pups or kittens. I just look at it as we have an overpopulation problem right now. Mm -hmm. And if you're not part of the solution, mm -hmm. um, then you're part of the problem. Um, you know, I get into a lot of impassioned moments where I want to sit behind my keyboard and I want to make comments on Facebook posts. And I never do. I stop myself mm -hmm. because there are people that you will never convince. Um, mm -hmm. You will never convince to spay or neuter their pet. You will never convince to not go to a puppy mill to purchase. You'll, you'll never convince them. They're, they are yeah. very set in their ways. So I like to focus on the people that we can change and the, and the, the uneducated people versus the people who have the education mm -hmm. um, and choose not to. So if there's someone out there who's like, wow, I didn't realize that I could get a purebred animal that has nothing wrong with them. I mean, there's still this stigma that animals end up in a shelter because there's something wrong with them. Mm -hmm. um, and it's simply not true. I don't know how often. I mean, I'm at a shelter um, I, I regularly visit five or six uh, here in the Seattle, Washington area, and I'm there once a week at least. Um, 
And a large percentage of the animals I see every time I'm there are there because someone passed away. A lot of times people don't have those plans in place. Other topic, we don't like talking about our own mortality. (laughs) We don't like making plans for it. Or wills. (laughs) Right? So a lot of times there's only a verbal discussion Mm -hmm. about animals and where they would go. And when when the moment comes down to it, those family members or those friends are unable or unwilling to take that animal. So a lot of times... Very well-loved, babied, cuddled, coddled, cared-for animals, many times purebred animals, end up at shelters because their owner passed away. Also military. Uh, We live near a military base, and people think they're set. They go ahead and finally get a pet for the family, and then they get sent overseas. Yes. If they can't foster, then the pet has to go to the pound to find a new home. And that's always so heartbreaking, but it's not that it's a a problem child, basically. Exactly, exactly. And there are so many programs um, in place with the the military families. But if you are interested in helping out um, as an interim foster, Mm -hmm. um, when people do join the military and you want to foster an animal for a tour for someone, uh, there are so many services where you can volunteer. They need a lot of help. Uh, in those situations as well. But back to the spay and neuter situation, many animals do end up in the shelter by no fault of their own. Mm -hmm. So I think that's something for for people to recognize that it doesn't mean something's wrong with them. Right. One of the really beautiful things about adopting from a shelter as opposed to buying buying a dog um, is that you already know a lot about that animal and that animal already knows a lot from being with volunteers. Um, I hear very often from people, well, I just lost my beloved dog of 16 years and I just can't lose another dog. So I need to get a puppy so that I have them for absolutely as long as possible. And, And I understand that. But I think what we need to recognize when we are not in a moment of grief mm-hmm. is that a lot of times grief will lead us to these irrational decisions where Maybe when you're thinking in a different state of mind, you might say to yourself, well, is it worth it to get an animal that's two months younger, right? (laughs) Uh, that is not already spayed and neutered, that is going to support a system of homeless animals? Um, Does my lifestyle even support a puppy with potty training and teething? Um, And then you can walk down... The other street where you can say, well, you know what? It would be really nice (laughs) to get a dog whose personality I know, who knows how to sit, who knows how to shake, who I know gets along with other dogs because they've had volunteers working with that animal. So I think that we let grief uh, really drive us sometimes because when we lose a pet, especially when we've had for a long time, we have lost a companion, a roommate, a child, a best friend, a confidant, Mm -hmm. a therapist. We have lost this giant part of our lives and we're clamoring to have that connection again. And, you know, we want the days. We want more days, more Mm -hmm. moments. And you you go for that puppy. But in our rational minds that are not grieving, (laughs) um, for most of us, Mm -hmm. it makes sense to get... Uh, an animal from a shelter where you've got some knowledge and possibly a lot of training. Something you said in the beginning I really loved because you said you got the dog that needed you versus the dog you needed. And one of the things I think is important, and so many of the dogs that my kids and I had were rescues. Yeah. And 
I think that when we kind of let go of about us, let it be about the animal, we're all going to get, for lack of better, blessed because when you rescue an animal, it's it, it they know they're rescued. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just love all dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, I love all animals. Um, and sometimes I get into these conversations with people mm-hmm. and I say, well, you know, I don't have a lot of restrictions in my life. You know, I don't live with an elderly person, for example, who might get knocked over by a big dog. I don't have a small child with little tiny fingers that might have issues with sharp teeth. So I'm in a position, I have a house with a yard that's fenced. I'm in a position to say yes to a lot of animals that other people might need to say no to, um, no matter how large their heart is. Mm -hmm. Um, so, So I have that advantage. And then... I love them all. Yes. I mean, I really do. Sometimes, sometimes I get a little sad because I think I see, I see a dog and I'm like, oh, that's a really cool dog. <laughs> uh, but I don't know that I'm ever going to have a dog like that because for every dog like that that I see, there's 15 black pit bulls that need uh, a home. Right. But those dogs are out there and I don't want to discourage people because I have gotten on planes and picked up those really specific breeds of, of dogs. If you have a tiny bit of patience, you can find them. Um, I mean, I have a friend who wanted a, an Italiano Spumone, which is a very, <laughs> which is a very, uh, rare breed here in the U.S. I have another friend who wanted a clumber spaniel, um, Mm. another more rare breed here in the U.S. Um, And each of them found their dogs um, at rescues. Each of them found less than two-year-old dogs. And it took them about nine months to locate those dogs and get them. And in the scheme of a lifetime and when you're locating your best friend, if you do really want one of those rare, hard-to-find dogs, you will find it. You that, really will. I promise you. And there are people like me who will fly anywhere across the country to help you. <laughs> well, my friend, the Beagles, you know, all the mm-hmm. way from Korea. I think, well, my uh, daughter has uh, adopted three foster children. Aww. And the littlest one is, they think maybe has Asperger's mm-hmm. or something. Well, they also didn't mean to get another dog, but uh, <laughs> the kids saw it at one of those fairs. My daughter's raised with dogs, so it's they know about dogs. So they ended up adopting this dog. And that dog, even though they have another one, that dog and the youngest have so bonded. It's just amazing. I grew up with animals and I can't imagine growing up any other way. It like you you used the word earlier, blessing. It is such a blessing. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like there's so much compassion and there's so much companionship and and so much of an understanding for life outside of uh, of your own um when you have an animal uh, as part as part of your life so i love i love when people introduce animals to children because i was lucky enough to be one of those children mm-hmm. what would you say about volunteering or donating to a shelter so i'm not sure if you posted this but a few weeks ago i saw a bunch of little kids at a shelter reading books they were yeah. all sitting it was that you um, it was not me, but oh. but I have seen that before. Yes. So here's here's something to keep in mind too. If you're listening to this and you're like, I spay and neuter. Yes, I'm that yeah. person. Um, there are some really cool programs here in the in the Seattle area, Pacific Northwest, um, and, and the entire country as a whole. And honestly, if 
these programs don't exist where you live, go start them. I love that. Go start them. You can because we've got a great business model here. So you can say, hey, uh, local shelter here in the Midwest where I live. Uh, they're doing this in Seattle, Washington, and it's going really well. So we should do it here. Um no matter what you like to do, there's a way you can help. Um, and like I said before, I've done a lot of transports recently because I'm the person that really wears their heart on their sleeve. So <laughs> I meet a dog and I want to follow through with that dog. I want to make sure they get into a home and they're happy and follow up. And it was getting to the point where, Glory, I was spending upwards of 40 hours a week at the shelter because <laughs> I was just walking and I was getting there early and I was staying late and I was looking at charts and I was following up and I just said to myself you know I need to either change this up or take a break because emotionally my kind of bucket of available <laughs> um, energy was depleting really rapidly um, and I I found transport and it's one of those things where uh, I'll pick up a dog that needs a ride and um, I don't have enough time <laughs> to attach with them the way I might if I was walking them every day um, or if I was fostering them in my home because I have a very singular job to do, which is pick them up from one location and get them safely to their next location. And on their way, I like to tell their stories because mm -hmm. I felt like a lot of times the transport stories were getting lost in the shuffle. You know, you might know, oh, this dog's from Texas, uh, but you don't know between Texas and here, what happened? Uh, so I like to take advantage of those moments on the way to start telling the story, to start getting people excited about that particular animal and, and maybe start making that connection. Most of the shelters, you can put in an application ahead of time or some shelters give you the ability to do a 24-hour hold on an animal. Um, so I liked to start those stories on the journey. And for people to be able to see a dog in a car or a dog in a carrier getting on a plane with me, um, those are the moments where they can really imagine, oh, I can imagine me being that person. Right. I can imagine going through the drive-thru and eating French fries in the car with my dog, too. Right. Um, so I like to do the the transport. But, but beyond that, yeah, there's reading programs for kids. You get the kids set up. They can read to the cats. Um, you know, they've got... Programs where you just kind of sit around with other humans and you stuff Kongs. You'll sit there and stuff peanut butter <laughs> into some of those Kong toys for five, six hours on, on a weekend day or an evening. And you will get to do it with friends and you'll make new friends and it'll be a beautiful thing. A lot of um, the shelters have thrift stores that fund them. Oh. Uh, so you can volunteer at the thrift store. Um you can volunteer in the medical side if you are looking to go into animal medicine. Maybe you want to be a vet tech and they'll get you started um, sterilizing some of those pieces of equipment or, you know, warming up the, the little bags for the dogs coming out of surgery. So there are endless opportunities uh, to volunteer. They've got the pet food banks here in Seattle, which is a really beautiful thing. If, if you're struggling to keep your pets in your home because of finances um, here We've got the food banks, so they try to keep pets in homes as long as possible. Um, 
life happens and sometimes people lose their jobs. And if the shelters can kind of help um, bridge those gaps with some dog food bags or some canned food for a few months for people, that can be the difference between someone having to surrender their pet Mm. um, and not. So... I love how you talked about the story because when you went back and got that dog, we were all watching you (laughs) (laughs) drive through the drive-thru in your tiny little car. And what I love about that is whenever there's an animal on the news that is abandoned and rescued, you know, very significantly publicly, maybe like a cat that's been thrown in the garbage, Mm -hmm. those horrible stories we hear, everybody wants that animal. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like, you know, what you said about find something you really love— For me to watch you, it's like anybody that would be watching that video would be like, I want that dog. Yes. Well, there is a lot of decision fatigue, too. That's a real thing. You go to Pet Finder and you say, big dog, you know, young, um, and here's three breeds I might like. And you might get 700 matches within 50 miles. And then how do you narrow it down? Uh, So it's a lot easier for people to say, "Okay, here's an animal that's popping right into my Facebook feed. I'm having a connection. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the lifestyle I live. So making it easier for people to adopt is something that I'm passionate about. Um, And and just like you said, it starts with the spay and neuter uh, initiatives. It's it's funny that you mentioned the cats in the trash. (laughs) Uh, we've got a music venue here uh, called The Gorge down in George, Washington. Um, we were down at The Gorge for a live broadcast, um, and I walked out of my hotel room. This was three or four years ago, and I heard meowing, and I just followed the meowing, and it was coming from a trash can, and I pulled out all these clothes and bags and the people that I was with my my our teammates uh-huh. <laughs> were like you're crazy I don't hear meowing and I pulled them out and there was a little plastic bag with two kittens inside oh, um, I pulled it out there was a lot of feces and urine mm-hmm. they were caked up they had been in there for a while long Aww. enough to be very dirty um, we rushed them into the hotel room cleaned them off rubbed them got got them going again and a local vet down there stopped, picked them up, rehabbed them, and they got uh, actually adopted by someone at that clinic. But, you know, you never think that that's going to happen to you. You never think I'm going to be the person that finds the cats in the trash. Uh, But we did that day, uh, Mm -hmm. and they were crying out for help that day. This is the reality of where we live. Sometimes we get caught up in our in our hey let's let's go to Starbucks yeah. like and go to Target and and live our fabulous life mm-hmm. but there are a lot of animals suffering and struggling and sometimes helping them is as easy as making sure that you your friends and neighbors adopt this spay and neuter culture exactly so I raised my kids on an island and we rode horses and I cannot tell you how many times we found animals thrown away mm-hmm. we had re- we rescued so many kittens take them to the shelter of course my kids are can we keep them and a lot of times we would at least mm-hmm. keep one always spay and neuter that's how we got our big old dog our friends were out riding on the trails out in the middle of nowhere and here's somebody's tossed these puppies mm. and it's so heartbreaking yeah it along with the spay and neuter is if you do that you're not going to end up with puppies you have to get rid of right rescue isn't just the building it's any of us mm-hmm. that see a pet that's being abused or mistreated or locked thrown away well i think that that's a great point too i mean uh animal lovers need to stick together yes. and you know if you see an animal that you find that you feel is in a dangerous position and it's safe for you to do so, 
uh, help them or call for help. Um, especially during times with with fireworks outside, yeah. a lot of a lot of pets get loose and they shouldn't be, mm-hmm. and then they get hit by cars. With the animal initiatives, we are their voice. We are their caretakers. Many of them were bred to be our companions, mm-hmm. and um, just because. Someone else made a series of choices in their life that caused an animal to end up in the shelter. I personally believe it is my responsibility as a human on this planet to care for an animal in need. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people say, well, it wasn't my choice. I didn't do that. I'm not irresponsible. But I feel like if you're a human, you are responsible for those who are not responsible for themselves. If you have not been raised with animals, but you have children... It is really cool to raise kids with animals. So if that's something you're thinking about and you're like, I don't know, there's plenty of education programs. Oh, absolutely. And I would highly, highly suggest fostering. Bring a foster into your home. See how it goes. See if your kids actually do step up and do well. Uh, You can see if there's any allergies in the house that way. And it's one of those situations where a foster is good for the people and it's great for the dogs. Getting a dog out of the shelter for the day or for the night shows them that the shelter is not their life. It gives them that very needed hope because when you think about some of these younger dogs, you know, you think about a two-year-old dog that ends up in the shelter for two months. I mean, that is enough of a percentage of their life that they might believe that that's their life. Such a good point. And if you get them out for a night or a week or maybe forever at a foster (laughs) if they fall in love, uh, but you can take home those fosters. And the second you foster, it can turn into an adopt or or it doesn't work out and you've done something good for your family and the shelter. There's a lot of low cost spay and neuter clinics. Good to Um, know. You can go to the Google (laughs) and look up low cost spay and neuter clinics uh, here in King County, uh, Seattle Humane, Posados, Safe Haven, Northwest Spay and Neuter Animal Shuttle, got even the mobile units. And if you have questions and you don't know where to go, you can find Heather on Warm 106.9. Yes. And you can ask her a question. She has Wet Nose Wednesday, Mm -hmm. where she's highlighting dogs that are ready for adoption. Reach out to her. She has the connections. She can tell you who, what, where, when, how, and all of that. So thank you for coming. Yes, at Heather Lee MD. Uh, Just find me on Facebook and I will do anything I can for you. I'm Laura Hardy and thanks for listening today. We hope you've learned something new. I know I sure did. Join us next week as we continue to talk with people that are making a difference in our community.